You're listening to the Summer Camp Music Festival Podcast with your host, Camp Counselor Derek. Ahoy, campers. We are getting close, people. Welcome to the Summer Camp Music Festival podcast, episode number five. I've got some quick comments and notes on recent camp announcements, and then we'll jump right into our interview with our guest today, Oliver Wood of the Wood Brothers. But first, I'd like to take a moment to recognize that a legend in the jam band community passed away this last week. If you aren't familiar with the Colonel, Colonel Bruce Hampton, uh, who played in bands like Aquarium Rescue Unit uh, with Jimmy Herring and, and O'Teal Burbridge and the Code Talkers and many bands over the years. Um, if you're not familiar with him, uh, do yourself a favor and check him out. Uh, he's a very unique individual. Um, the There's also a movie you can check out called uh, Basically Frightened, which is also a, a song by the Colonel. The Colonel was on stage for a star-studded jam for his 70th birthday last week when he collapsed and and I know a lot of the bands that we love were deeply affected by by the man and, and the loss of this man, uh, including our guest today who had the colonel speak at his wedding. Uh, so here's a quick moment for the colonel. Yeah, I got a new tune and some compositions entitled The Thrill. Go something like this. I stand on the hill not for a thrill but for a breath of a fresh kill. And never mind the man who contemplates doing away with license plates. He stands alone anyhow, baking the cookies of discontent by the heat of the laundromat vent. Leaving his soul, then like in poetry, I go dot, 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 you know, kind of off center, then I drop down and then I go leaving his soul, part in the waters of the medulla oblongata of mankind. That damn good song, wasn't it, dog? You like that song? All right, we will miss the Colonel Bruce Hampton. Uh, now on to summer camp news. Uh, one quick tip that I wanted to point out, uh, something new this year, I don't know if you noticed that there is a shuttle service to the fest. That's right, if you're in or can make your way to Chicago, Bloomington, Indiana, or St. Louis, Missouri, then you should check out Fest Drive. Now, I'm not in the market to do a big, long commercial for this company, but I think it's a service that will be good for a lot of you, and from what I saw, the prices seemed reasonable, to me anyway. Uh, that website is Fest Drive. Dot busbank.com and you can search summer camp in the upcoming festivals tab uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the summer camp field day uh, now the field day started in 2011 and it's a series of events that involves four teams uh, the red yellow blue and purple teams and every year the teams battle over uh, activities like tug-of-war, twister, dodgeball, eating contest. I think one year I played giant Jenga. Um, and the, the field day champions win a celebratory keg party at the festival. And, the, and there's a trophy involved as well. 
And uh, just to fuel the fire a bit, the red team has won every year except 2012 when the purple team secured the championship. So I'm calling for everyone to buckle down and take that beer party from the red team this year. The red dynasty is over. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Uh, So if that sounds like the kind of thing you'd like to do, go to fieldday.summercampfestival.com slash register to sign up for one of those teams. And if you're in the first 100 campers uh, on each team to register for the 2017 games, you'll score a free summer camp bandana in the team color of your choice. Uh, The last thing I want to talk about before we get to the interview is the VIP tent lineup came out last week. And if you haven't seen that, take a look. If you're not springing for the upgrade, never fear. All those artists will be playing elsewhere at the fest at some point. Uh, But for those of you who do have the VIP upgrade, this is something to be excited about this year, I think. Um, I believe that you'll be able to find me at the Kyle Hollingsworth set in there. Uh, The Under Mountain String Band is doing a set in there. Uh, And the Sun Stereo set I will be at. And if you haven't heard of them, well, here they are. And if you're asking why do they get special treatment... Well, because it's my podcast, and I really enjoyed their sets last year. So that was a clip from Sun Stereo, and uh, in addition to everyone that I mentioned playing the VIP Lounge, uh, also we will see a set from our guest today, uh, who is one half of the Brothers Wood and one third of the Wood Brothers. And so on to our interview, Uh, a couple notes uh, for those of you not familiar with Oliver Wood, um, he and his brother Chris, uh, Chris of course put the wood in Modesky, Martin, and Wood, and um, him and Oliver formed a band in the early 2000s, and eventually they were joined by Jano Ricks. Um, I know at one point I say Jano, and uh, I do eventually correct myself, but I figure I'm from Chicago, so I get to say Jano. Anyway, here's the interview with Oliver Wood. So hi everyone, I am here with Oliver Wood of the Wood Brothers. Now I've had, uh, so far my guests on the podcast have been people who've been to summer camp you know, 14 to 16 times, but 
Uh, I had to make an exception for you, Oliver, because you're one of my favorite musicians that uh, that will be there this year and, and has been there a number of times. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing oh, great, thanks. So I'm starting off by asking everyone as a standard first question, what was your first concert? First concert, let's see. Trying to remember if it was, I mean, like, first, like, rock concert. Pretty sure it was either Devo, but I think even before Devo was George Thorogood. I've never seen Devo. I have seen George Thorogood live. And and how old were you then when you saw that? Well, I know, you know, as a sort of teenager, high school kid, those are some shows that I saw. Would that have been in, in Boulder then? In Boulder, yeah. And did that have an immediate impact on you as, as something you could see yourself doing or something that you just wanted to go back to? Um, absolutely. I mean, I always, you know, we grew up with a real musical dad, so a musical family. So I, you know, was exposed to live music um, just in the house um, with my dad playing and singing singing and playing guitar and uh and then he took us to music you know i don't think he ever took me to a rock concert but we like i don't know if you've heard of uh hot rise but that's a really awesome bluegrass group that was um, yeah uh that he used to take us to because they lived in, in colorado actually at the time when we were growing up so i'd see stuff like that um but yeah, then I went to check it out. I saw George Thurgood at Red Rocks. That was my first concert because Red Rocks is real close to Boulder. So for anyone who does awesome concert venues, that's like the pinnacle. So. You say it and we'll play it. Many show, many good shows after that. There, yeah, you got to check it out. You got to make a pilgrimage to your favorite band at Red Rocks. Yeah, well, uh, one of these days, hopefully, I'll get to see you guys there. There's actually a great show that I would love to see that would be like the pinnacle of my uh, my high school um, musical tastes. Uh, uh, Blues Traveler plays there every year on the Fourth of July, and this year I think they've added the Spin Doctors and uh, a couple other bands that I was in. Sam- the Samples, who haven't played together in a while. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I, we played that show with uh, with Blues Traveler a few years ago, probably like five years ago, on a 4th of July show. I remember doing that one. And actually, we're doing one with Tedeschi Trucks this summer at Red Rocks, too. Yeah, which is uh, something I want to talk about, too. Um, but I, I can't imagine that just... That being your first venue, going to, you know, I mean, going to your first concert at that venue and then eventually getting to stand on that stage and, and look up at that, that, that has to be amazing. 
Incredible. Yes, that is definitely surreal and awesome. And so um, you eventually moved to Atlanta, Georgia, um, I believe after uh, a, a stint in school in California. Correct. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And uh, well, there you met a mutual friend of ours, actually. Um, I went to high school with Matthew Kaminsky. Who, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's probably most notably known these days for being the organist for the Atlanta Braves. And also in a, Braves. In a Is bunch he still of... doing that? Yes, he, he's he's uh, still playing the organ at the Braves games, which has got to be an intense schedule. Yeah, but that's probably a cool gig. <laughs> love baseball. That's just so awesome. Right, so you went to school with him? I did, yeah. Yeah, we used to play in jazz band together, and um, he uh, he said to say hi, and he, he um, told me to... I mean, he's in a ton of bands right now, and uh, it, I mean, technology is awesome. I picked up my son at daycare the other day, and uh it's sitting in traffic got a facebook live notification that he was playing with a new orleans band and so my four-year-old son and i were jamming out to matthew playing live in, in atlanta still so So you went to Georgia State? It, well, we grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and then he oh, moved to Atlanta. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Cool. And so you you then moved out to Atlanta, and he uh, Matt told me to ask you about uh, King Johnson. Is that it? Yep, that was sort of my uh, my main project in Atlanta. Once I had uh, lived there for a few years, and I went on tour with a guy named Tinsley Ellis. That was my first kind of road gig. I got to go out and travel the country and play music, and I was—I met a guy named Tinsley Ellis, who's a great uh, blues guitarist. Um, yeah, out of Atlanta, also. And um, but after working with him, I was inspired to, to start my own group, and that was King John. It was fun getting to look into that because I, I didn't really know much about King Johnston. And in, in fact, it, part of the thing I've realized with, with digital music is that um, I'm not even so familiar with 
who wrote the songs anymore. Um, a, a couple years ago, I was in uh, New Orleans, and uh, I happened to be in a cafe and heard uh, the original I Got Loaded by Little Bob. Mm-hmm. And 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 as uh, in in your bio on your website, as as uh, John Modesky said, he was surprised to hear which of your songs were uh, traditional songs and and which ones were written by you. And that that was one that I didn't know was written by you. I think just because I've I bought the album digitally. Gotcha. Yeah, um, it is cool to it is cool to um, it is cool. To, I mean, that was an awesome compliment from Modesky because I were such fans of the covers that we do that it's kind of nice to know that the songs we write sometimes are in the same wheelhouse you know how, how do you settle on a song like that uh the like I, a song like i got loaded did is that something you heard growing up or is it something you stumbled upon later well you know usually like like that song is is kind of a, a not really well known but a, a lesser known standard you know, it's like a standard, like, there are lots of songs that come out of, say, Louisiana, like that, like that one. That one comes out of Lafayette, Louisiana. That's where Little Bob was from. But, mm-hmm. uh, but there's, like, all kinds of traditional, um, you know, New Orleans songs that, like, covers. That, I mean, that are, like, standards, which means people cover them a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so a lot of times we discover those, you know, it's not like we, hear the original version necessarily we we discover them through other bands so i got loaded was one that i discovered through uh we discovered through los lobos like los lobos does a great cover of that yeah i found that version too yeah and it's an, it's awesome i think that's I, I probably first heard it then and then went back and listened to little bob and other people other people's versions of it and now many people are doing the same with your version as I did, because I, I thought yours was the original, and then I heard it in New Orleans, and I thought, that sounds a little older. And so I had to yeah. go back, and that's when I found the, the Los Lobos version, and, and, uh, and eventually Little Bob. And, and um, you know, one thing that, that we like to do with a song like that is really try to personalize it and make it kind of our own version. And even since the our recorded version, we have done a different version. In fact, on our live album, uh, you know, for the real kooky, serious Wood Brothers fan, like, you'll hear that the live album version is a lot different than the studio album version. So there's a version on an album called The Muse. Yeah, that was our studio album. But we have a brand new record called Live at the Barn. Mm-hmm. And that album has a, a different version where we where we really change the beats. We're playing a completely different beat. Kind of fun to mess with them. We have worn both of those albums out at my house. Uh, oh, that's and, awesome. 
And that's one of the songs I, I have to remind my son that he is not allowed to sing at daycare. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we, for, for an all-ages crowd, we will uh, slip in the word juice box, maybe, instead of juice. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so we'll swing it around to summer camp. Uh, I, I I went through the list, and uh, well, I'm I'm curious. Do you know how many summer camps you've been to? I I actually do know the answer. Oh, uh, I would estimate maybe four or something like that. Five. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, keep going. You you you've been to six, as far as I can tell. Six of them. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I definitely have fond and interesting memor- memor- uh, memories of. Of most of those, so. <laughs> uh, albeit hazy, maybe for uh, that's how it is for me. Anyway, I, I've actually been to all sixteen, so I, they wow. all kind of blend together. Dang, you must be old. <laughs> I'm. I'll. Uh, I'll be forty right after uh, this camp, and in, in, oh, in nice. seventeen. So, um, two thousand four was Medeski's first performance at camp. And then uh, they they returned in in uh, I should say Medeski Martin and Wood, and yep. uh, they returned in two thousand seven, and that's the first year that the Wood Brothers played. As I recall, uh, and and I'm not sure if this is accurate, but this is how my memory is, tells me it was. Uh, you guys first played on the campfire stage. Yep, I remember that we played on the campfire stage, and we. I'm not mistaken, did like a late show, like 2 in the morning or something. That's exactly how I remember it, actually. Yes, it was like one of the late, late, late shows. And I remember that it went really well. And and the, the reason I remember that is because then for the next few times we went, or the next few years, they wanted us to play the late show. <laughs> They wanted us to be like a really late act, which I never thought of as our music as necessarily the ultimate music for that. People <laughs> were kind of drippy and banty and stuff, you know. But um, but we always had fun. But we were always like, oh man, do we have to play the middle of the night again? You know. Is everybody awake? Yeah. How do you do it? became kind of a thing. They, they're like, oh, we want you back to do that again. We're like, oh, but you know, how about like 9.30 or something like that? <laughs> yeah, as I remember it, I don't remember who played before you, but I remember being absolutely exhausted, but thinking, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop over there and see what Chris Wood's other band is doing. And, uh, and... I I I do think I made it through the majority of the set, but I I do remember just being absolutely exhausted. <laughs> yeah, 
me too. Um, so yeah, six camps, and uh, they they've moved you around to different stages too. Um, yeah. I, I, do you do you have any idea what stage you're playing this year, or what, where they've moved you? I have no idea. Unfortunately, I don't. I don't know. Um, I know we're not playing the late show. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Well, I hear you. Um. So, uh, you are you in Atlanta now? Uh, I know you've got a month off till you start uh, touring again, right? Uh, that's correct. Actually, we live in Nashville now. That's right. You know, I did read that. Yeah, we're we've I've been in Nashville for four and a half years, but yeah, we're off for um for about a month, and we're working on a new record. Oh, that's fantastic, dear. And that'll be on uh, Honey Jar Records again? Uh, yep, most likely. All right. And um, so then you go back on tour. I believe you start up uh, in about a month in Georgia again. And then uh, you'll be, uh, I would call it uh, Cobill with Tedeschi Trucks for a number of shows this summer, correct? Yes. Uh, we're really excited about that um, for about five weeks. Mostly, mostly during July, we'll be out with Tedeschi, who are just amazing and uh, and just buddies. I've known Derek and Susan since they were both teenagers. I think I met Derek when he was twelve, and met Susan when she was still eighteen or something like that. So I go way back with them, and and we just love those people and we love their music. So it's it's going to be an honor to support that show that show and, and that whole tour is going to be really cool some great venues they're on fire right now i mean they're just everything is so clean and so well done yeah they're on um one thing that i that i didn't find is how how did you guys meet jano uh we were on a tour uh where he was playing with uh one of the other bands and got to know him a little bit and when we decided hey we would like to have a full-time drum guy uh he, he we called him and uh you know didn't even know that he was a great background singer amazing piano player like keyboard player he plays as well just as well as he, he does drums and you know has this really cool instrument called the shitar which <laughs> i was just going to ask you to describe that yeah, well, the shitar, for those who don't know, is like basically a crappy guitar that's been converted to a, uh, a percussion instrument. Hey, I'm Jono, and uh, this is the shitar. S-H-U-I-T-A-R, like guitar. And, uh, yeah, it's official. Tell us about how this thing works. Well, um, it started out as a really, really, really crappy guitar. And, uh... And thus, it was ripe for being made into a percussion instrument. It sounds like. All right. And when he pulled that out at the first rehearsal, we were just like, what? This is so cool. You know, it's kind of our, a dream come true just to be able to have a, a real acoustic setup uh, that really like a band you know like he plays it like a little mini drum kit and it's kind of hard to, to imagine if you've never seen it but uh it's just a crappy guitar with a bunch of 
uh, been modified to some degree, and it has a bunch of jingly things and shakers and things hanging off of it. Uh, and it's just sort of a junky little thing, but it really sounds cool in the hands of a, of a master like that. And it's fun to say shitar. And it's real fun to say shitar. Um, uh, here's another random goofy question. Uh, do you do you guys have a name for Chris's dance? Uh, you know that's that's a great question, and I never thought of that. But we probably should have a name for it. But no, I don't think we do have a name. I, I should have come prepared with um, some suggestions, but I, yeah, I thought, well, maybe that's that's a contest or something we have. That's a great idea. <laughs> it it certainly deserves its own term. Absolutely. So, uh, what are you listening to these days? What uh, what's in your playlist? Uh, and and we could do music or podcasts or whatever you. What are you listening to these days? Well, let's see. I mean, I love podcasts that are like, you know, interviews with musicians. I've been listening to a John Prine one recently that I loved. So that, I'm into that. But um, but as far as listening to music, man, it is all over the place. I tend to check out new music in little snippets, but for the most part, I'm still stuck with classic stuff. But I've been really into like some uh, swamp pop, like New Orleans, uh, you know, Louisiana music from you know all the way to fifties, sixties, and, and really love Snooks Eaglin, who's a great blind guitar player out of New Orleans. J.B. Lenore, uh, always Ray Charles, and always love Lowell George and, and Little Feet. Uh, I don't know, that's some stuff that recently I've gotten back into. Cool. Um, so, well, we're ex- especially excited to have you at summer camp this year, and uh, I, I was—I guess I was kind of wondering um, when when Medeski kind of blew up and and you saw that happening and did did you were you going to like i i, I want to say that modesky was at one of the first bonnaroos and i tried to look that up but uh they don't actually post their they don't post their lineups pre-2007 yeah i think they were like at the second or third one did you i, I think i went to the first three and i mean that was you know quite an eye-opener in terms of you know the festival scene changing did did you go to any of those and, and see Chris? I did not. I used to. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I saw Chris when he came through town. But I never. I've never been a huge festival goer. Like I'm not really into crowds. 
So, uh, so no, I can't say I'm, I, I've experienced much of that as a younger man. I, I guess I was just curious if you were, you know, seeing Modesky and thinking, you know, I, I might like to do this. I'm gonna, ah, I'm gonna rope my brother into playing with me. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I was a huge and Modesky Martin Wood fan from their inception, and I was a huge fan and supporter. And I remember when they used to come sleep on my apartment floor when they come to Atlanta, and, and I was a huge uh, fan. Uh, you know, and I was, already had a music career of my own. It wasn't uh, very lucrative or of much importance but uh, to most people, but I was deep in the music already. So I was, you know, I was already playing shows and stuff. I was not playing festivals yet, but would soon get a taste of that. And so um, it, it really didn't occur to my brother and me until le- 10 years later, really, to, to play together. Um, you know, we played together when we were in high school and we were teenagers and we sort of were eight, you know, had just learned how to play and we got into playing together and we had a little garage band. And, but really, for the next 10 years, we were just on our own path and, and we were both playing music, but we were real happy in our respective scenes and, and the people that we were playing with and they were just totally different uh, parts of the country and uh, somewhat different styles of music, so... Um, you know, I was more of a, a fan for a while before it occurred to me uh, that hey, we should try something together. And it was it was really just when King Johnson and Medeski Martin and Wood actually did a gig together. Uh, probably ten years after that first Bonnaroo, or not that long. It was probably around two thousand or so, uh, or maybe it's a little later, like two thousand four, probably. Yeah, something like that. But we we had. I played a show together with both bands, and we opened up for Mesky Martin and Wood, and we I got to sit in with them for the first time and, and just really connect both musically and socially with my brother again after 10 years. And it was just so awesome that that then the sort of the light bulbs went off, and that's when we realized, well, man, this is fun. We should both do the same thing, and we're really into it. I've always kind of had this uh, half-baked theory in in the back of my head that um, that siblings or or at least people related uh, that their 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 voices somehow meld together a little better than than yeah other yeah, people I that too. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Nickel Creek and uh, man, I I mean just. I mean, there's any number of, exam- of examples of, of family members that just make perfect oh, yeah. harmony there's together. Tons of them. Yeah, from like the Leuven Brothers to the Avett Brothers to the... We just were on tour with a band called the T-Sisters who are from San, uh, Oakland. A uh, beautiful singing group. I mean, yeah, the sibling harmony thing is really cool. I've also heard that if you throw in a non-sibling, it's somehow puts the icing on the cake somehow it like gives it the vibe so well it certainly seems to be the perfect mix for for you guys it feels pretty good <laughs> yeah i've always wondered if that if if that theory that i have is a genetic thing or a shared experience growing up or well that's a good point i think i feel like it's a combination of things i'm sure there is a uh a more scientific, genetic, uh, or a physical thing, you know? 
Yeah, certainly something behind the tone of voices. Yeah, you know, the being, voices being the same shape of, shape of your cranium and stuff like that. Absolutely. I think Chris and I realized in a more general sense when we sat in together, and there was no singing when I sat in with MMW that time. I mean, it was just me playing music with them, with them and just kind of face-to-face with my brother. But what we noticed was the sort of some sort of innate, like, I hate to use the word psychic, but some, like, you know, communication without words kind of thing where we just were on the same wavelength, you know? And I feel like uh, that comes from, maybe that's also partly physical and genetic, but I think it's also, like, from, like you said, shared experience uh, is a big deal, too. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, it certainly works, and in, in you add in Jono, and uh, I, I mean, the, the three-part harmonies are perfect, and I, I'm a sucker for harmonies anyway, so uh, it's, it's, it's been a joy to watch you guys, uh, and I mean, from that first performance on the on the campfire stage to uh, m- more solid stages, and uh, it's been a joy to watch you guys uh, progress over the years. Right on. Thank you. Well, our time is already up, and I know you're a busy man, and I want to let you enjoy your egg sandwich that I know you just got there. (laughs) Thanks, man. (laughs) So I will uh, will wrap this up. I want to let our listeners know that they can find more about your tour, um, your new album, Live at the Barn, which is great. Uh, Love the Ophelia cover, by the way. Oh, so fun. And uh, the listeners can find you at thewoodbros.com. That's uh, B-R-O-S. Thewoodbros.com. And you're on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Whoever's posting on your Instagram is doing an unbelievable job. There are just amazing photos. Usually it's my brother who does that. My brother is into it, and he finds all the good stuff. Well, Chris has a great eye. (laughs) Yes, he does. He really does. Well, we're looking forward to 2017 camp, and uh, thanks again for taking the time with me, and we will see you at summer camp. All right, it's been my pleasure. Thanks so much, Derek. We'll see you there. Come say hello, all right? Absolutely, will do. Thanks. All right, you take care.
All right, that was the Wood Brothers performing their song One More Day at Summer Camp 2014. Now, a couple clarifications about that interview. As far as I can tell, the Wood Brothers' first appearance at camp was Late Night in the Barn in 2007, as well as a daytime set that year. I think the set that we were both recalling was the Campfire Stage Late Night in 2009. And yes, I know at one point I said King Johnston when referring to King Johnson, uh, his Oliver's former band. Uh, and the reason I had Johnston on the brain was that immediately after this call with Oliver, I had my interview with Dave Johnston from Yonder Mountain String Band. So you can look forward to that coming up in uh, a future episode. So on to the Jam of the Week. Our selection this week is Government Mule from Summer Camp 2010, covering the traffic classic Low Spark, High Heeled Boys. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and we will see you at camp. Yeah.
Bye.